0: Welcome back to the 411 Podcasting Network. I am your host, Larry Zonka, and this is episode 14 of the 411 On Wrestling Podcast. Joining me today is my good friend, Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, Larry. I haven't slept much, but I can't complain about that because you've slept less than me. So I feel bad if I say I haven't slept much.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The sleeping thing's still a pain in the ass right now. I'm just... uh. Not getting a ton of it, but I mean, you know, try, trying to make it work. And, uh, yeah, everything's going pretty well. I had a, had a good appointment with the leg dude yesterday, and uh, so I'm happy about that. Uh, I got all my fitting stuff done, and uh, hopefully in the next 7 to 10 days, they will be setting me up my appointment, and I will go to the actual uh, prosthetic facility, and uh, my legs should be put together, and I'll get to test it out, and walk-in parallel bars and all kind of stuff like that, and uh, as long as everything fits good, get to take it home. And I also found out that I'm actually getting the fully computerized knee, which is, uh like, the good stuff. They were afraid the insurance might not cover that, but the insurance was actually cool with that, so I'm rather happy.
1: I'm happy that you are getting the knee and the leg, finally. I'm excited that you're getting out of this wheelchair, because... I know it is hell uh, having to sit in that wheelchair and watching all the wrestling that you do and covering everything that you do. I mean, even just sitting at a computer desk is hell or in a computer chair. So I can only imagine what the wheelchair is like. I, I'm glad you're you're getting your leg and you'll be up and, and moving around again. I'm excited for you and the
0: family. Yeah, I'm excited. So you'll be able to get out of the house better and hang out with the girls and stuff. So. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the good news for me this week, and uh, so today, Jeremy, we are going to break down and preview three uh, shows for the weekend. It's a pretty busy weekend. We have the NWA Crockett Cup on Saturday, the Impact Rebellion pay-per-view on Sunday, and then on Monday, the New Japan Pro Wrestling Hino Kuni show, and uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about those today, and we will start off, let's go in order, start with... The Crockett Cup, the return of the Crockett Cup to the uh, the Charlotte area. Technically Concord, but the Charlotte area. And uh, we're having the full tag team tournament and several title matches. And we start off in block A with the Briscoes versus, and yes, I'm not joking, the Rock and Roll Express.
1: I can't wait for this match. <laughs> um, I, I love the Briscoes. I think they're one of the more... Underrated tag teams in in wrestling history. Honestly, um, when you think about the Briscoes, you know you don't always put them up there with the top teams in wrestling, but they've been around forever. They've had so many. Great matches, so many great stories in ROH. They probably don't get the credit they deserve because they've been in ROH pretty much their whole career. Uh, but they're they're fantastic. I love them. And then the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, if they're going to give you half of what they gave you at Janela's spring break, then we're in for a, a, a good night of wrestling between these two teams.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing too, because uh, that match with LAX over Mania Weekend, it showed the boys still had a little get-up-and-go. Ricky Morton doing fucking suicide dives and Canadian Destroyers. and Add on the fact that they know how to tell a story, and the Briscoes are great. Plus the fact that the Briscoes are not only great, but they have like a big respect for tag team wrestling. So they're probably marking out in all honesty facing the Rock and Roll Express. So yeah, um, I, I, it probably will be a lot of fun. And um yeah, I think I think the Briscoes will go ahead and take it and move on. Although I'm sure you could technically make the argument for the rock and rolls moving on for a feel-good moment and the throwback to the Crockett Cup, but yeah, I think I think that it's more of a special attraction
1: Yeah, I would imagine that the, the Briscoes are winning and moving on, but I mean the Briscoes aren't losing anything if they just lose to the Rock and Roll Express like it's a it's a tournament match it i because the nwa isn't like a show that or a company that runs big time shows or has weekly television or anything like that like they they run events i guess quarterly at this point but there's not a whole lot of canon to their shows so you can have the rock and roll express win and it'll be fine uh but i would imagine that the briscoes still end up winning
0: yeah, and I, I don't think there's necessarily a problem either way. And again, you're if, if they win and get like kind of the the miracle win, it's a it's a it's a nod to the old school Crockett Cup and the NWA territory they're running. So yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a problem with it, but it will be interesting. Excuse me to see what happens. Uh, second A block match is Kojima Nagata from New Japan versus P C O and Brody King.
1: It'd be cool to see Kojima and Nagata over in the states and and in this tournament. I know they were supposed to come for the New Japan shows earlier this year, but they had a bunch of bunch of visa issues, so they weren't able to make it. So it's nice that assuming they make it for this one, I haven't heard anything otherwise. Uh, so it's nice. I guess they were here for the Madison Square Garden show, so I assume the, the visa stuff has been taken care of. So it would be nice to to see them in this tournament and then uh brodie king and pco i mean they've had a good run in roh they were the the former champions before losing them losing the titles at madison square garden and again, pco just keeps on trucking he's supposed to face taven for the title coming up pretty soon so yeah, it's the the Crockett cup is just a nice blend of just so many different people you wouldn't think we kind of come together for a lot of the stuff you got guys from the past guys from the future as we'll get into and then like guys from the really really far past and then uh some some current stars as well so i i'm not like super high on like the work of any of these four guys uh specific i mean some of them are much older but it, it'll probably be a short little match. The crowd will love it because everyone just loves PCO. I don't think this is the match where PCO takes a big bump, but I could be wrong because that's a crazy man.
0: Yeah, you you can't rule out his his craziness. But uh, yeah, um, it, it was originally going to be Kojima and Tenzon, but Tenzon is out with a knee injury, and with all due respect to him and his creepy fucking ankle, um. <laughs> Like Nagata is a huge upgrade, so and even at fifty one, Nagata is still having great matches and delivering. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad that they're they're coming in for it, and both of them are working the uh, War of the Worlds tour too. So it'll be um I'm excited to see more of the of the dads. They're getting some singles matches on that tour as well. So um yeah, it's gonna be good times. I I think it'll probably be good. You know, it'll be the uh, the dads like the. Like to throw and have hard hitting matches still. And PCO and Brody King, I'm sure, will oblige. And like I said, I'm sure the crowd will be into it well. And uh, I think PCO and King win to set up a uh, a rematch with the Briskets in the semifinals.
1: That would seem to be the likely scenario. But again, th- because none of this stuff is like canon or anything. To, you know get a little crazy let's have pco and brody king against the rock and roll express or the briscoes against kojima and nagata
0: i could just see ricky morton's reaction to pco like fuck out, <laughs> out of here man
1: that's <laughs> a, a what we'd have like three guys over 50 in that match that would be for all the complaints about these wwe using the old guys just kidding um yeah I, but again like get a little get a little weird why not
0: yeah and that's the thing too because it um it'll be interesting to see how like you said like how canon like the nwa wants to keep things and or if they just want to totally go outside the box so yeah there's a lot of a lot of variables to play with which you know could make the show really interesting so we'll move on to block b we got flip gordon and bandito versus Stuka Jr. and uh, Guerrero Maya Jr. from CMLL.
1: I can't say I know a whole lot about the CMLL guys, so I won't try to pretend. Flip Gordon and Bantido is an awesome, awesome tag team. Uh, I would imagine, like, if I'm just looking at things, they would probably be my pick just because, you know... They're they're not a they're not a regular tag team. They're actually facing each other on the War of the Worlds tour. But they're two guys who are really popular right now. And if you want to kind of make waves with this Crockett Cup, like you you put over Gordon and Bandito, and it's like oh you kind of just you gave these two guys a pretty big accomplishment, even though they're not an actual tag team. But I would imagine that Gordon and Bandito end up winning just because they're the more well-known team and you want to see more of them. And again, I I would probably have them just face the Briscoes in the finals, give those guys as much time as they want and, and let them go to work. But I really like this Gordon and Bandito team.
0: Yeah, th- this has... Uh... A lot of fun, fast paced, high flying, written all over it. Um, Gordon and Bandito are awesome, and Stuka and uh, Maya Junior have done done well when they've come to ROH and stuff. So I think it's a smart pairing, um, style wise, with uh, flipping Bandito. So uh, I would imagine that um, flip, yeah, flipping Bandito would move on just because they are the more popular act, and I just think that. you're know, you looking for excitement, keeping the crowd into things, then moving on makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree. So, next up in Block B is Jax Dane and Crimson, who had a short impact run, uh, versus the winner of a wild card battle royal. Which, uh, you know, talk about kind of going outside the box, just like, these two big motherfuckers and some other guy.
1: I, I mean, who knows on this? Jack Zane and Crimson seem to be actual NWA people, so there is that. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have Jack Zane and Crimson go too far. And yeah, who knows who the other people are? So it's kind of tough to to really preview this match because you don't know uh, half the competitors in it. I, I feel like Dane and Crimson probably end up winning because, again, these are two guys who sort of have a history with the NWA while everyone else is, uh, you know, New Japan, ROH, CMLL, I guess the Rock and Roll Express or NWA. But no one is really like, these guys are NWA um, while Dane and Crimson have wrestled on plenty of their shows. So I, I don't know. I Depending on who the other two people are there's not much hope for this match honestly
0: yeah i i think it'll probably be a short match with them kind of steamrolling whoever they get to face and uh yeah i they are the nwa team in this so i believe they will go far if not win the whole thing so then we go to the block a finals which i think it's going to be the briscoes versus pco and birdie king so, what do you thinking is going to happen?
1: Again, probably is the way they're going to end up going. I'd like to see him just get a little crazy and go rock and roll express against P.C.O. and Brody King.
0: Yeah, I mean it'd probably be kind of fun, but I just I can just only imagine Ricky Morton's fucking reaction to P.C.O. Because like, if you hear stories from Brian Alvarez and Tom Lawler when they were trying to talk to him about what to do, and they were just like yeah, we ain't doing any of that shit. <laughs> it's like, and I could just see PCO going, what I'm going to do is lay you on the apron and then I'm going to fly on with the Centaur and Ricky Morton, like, fuck you, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it probably not happening. Probably get Briscoes and, uh, PCO Brody King. But again, if you're, if you're the NWA, give, give the rock and roll express a victory.
0: Again, not entirely out of the question because, uh, you know, it's hard to predict what Billy Boy is going to do with the uh, with his promotion here. But I think the Briscoes and PCO and King is the match with the Briscoes moving on. The Block B Finals, I have Dane and Crimson going against Flip Gordon and Bandito. And I think this works for the fact that Dane and Crimson are the NWA's kind of big bruiser team. And then you pair them with Flip and Bandito who will – keep the pace fast, they'll bump like crazy for them. And even though I'm not exactly high on Jack Dane and Crimson, I didn't think they were very good in impact, and I haven't seen anything lately that makes me think, like, these are a really good team. But, I mean, big dudes tossing little flippy boys around generally works well. So if that's the case, I think Jack Dane and Crimson will
1: Again, I would just like to see Gordon and Bandito win it, make it to the finals, and do something different. Like, if Jack Stain and Crimson win, it's just... Okay, they won because they're the NWA guys. Like, that doesn't... That I get that you have to put your promotion over, and, you know, you want to try to build the NWA brand and stuff, but I think you honestly get more out of having a team like the briscoes or like bendito and flip gordon winning because you have a relationship with roh it's clear roh will work with you fuck roh needs to work with anybody they can at this point um with the way they're booking so you can have one of these roh teams win and it'd be okay like you don't have to say Oh, Jack State and Crimson win. They're the NWA team because, I mean, if we're being honest, the NWA as cool as this Crockett Cup event is. I think it'll be a great event. They've done a lot of really good stuff um, since since Corgan and Lagana have gotten their hands on everything. They're still just running quarterly shows and not... You know, they're running quarterly shows. They're not in the, the, in the eye all the time. Like, what are you really going to do with Jack Stain and Crimson? Um, so I hope Andito and, and Flip Gordon win this match, but Jack Stane and Crimson seems like the safer call.
0: Yeah. And again, it, it is hard to figure out booking patterns for this because there's not much to judge on. So, you know, and that's again, that might make the show a lot of fun just due to unpredictability. So in the finals, I have the Briscoes versus Jack Dane, and Crimson. And again, while I'm not high on Dane and Crimson, I think that if the goal is to put them over and have them win, the best chance of them having anything near a very good to great match is the Briscoes, just because the Briscoes are so good.
1: And this is where you can put over. Jackstein and Crimson because you have them beat the the mysterious team. You can sell it as, oh look at them! They didn't they didn't have time to prepare. They didn't know who they were wrestling and they still won. You have them beat Flip Gordon and Bandito like that's Flip Gordon and Bandito. You have them beat the Briscos like that's the Briscos. Like those are three big wins. Even if the first team aren't like actual big names or anything like that, you can still sell it as something like a big deal. So, if their goal is to get over Jack Stain and Crimson, this is the, the route you would go with it. I just don't. I Like, it's Jack Stain and Crimson. <laughs> it's tough to get excited about these guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you at all, man. It's just, uh, I mean, I don't know. If I'm the NWA and you're putting on a, a show like this, I mean, I think you put your guys over. You know, I mean, you're lucky to have New Japan and CMLL and ROH working with you here. And, you know, you're putting on a pretty, pretty good looking show overall. The card looks good. And I just, yeah, I mean, I think that that would be the goal is to put them over. But, I mean, we'll see. I wouldn't, I mean, if it is the Briscoes and them, I wouldn't totally rule out the Briscoes winning. Just because they are the Briscoes. And you can say like, hey, we had the 10-time ROH tag champions win our tournament. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Dane and Crimson probably win. I'm not going to say I have high hopes for it, but I mean, we'll we'll see what happens.
1: It's it's Jack Dane and Crimson. <laughs> <sighs> I, I don't I don't have any more commentary to offer than that. Like, if they win. It's just like it feels like a missed opportunity if this is the team you go with, even though theoretically it does make sense simply because they are the only NWA team in the match. But if you're the NWA, you've got to be thinking of what gets me more kind of publicity than what makes sense for our company that doesn't run a ton of shows.
0: Yeah, so we will see what happens. And the first major change on the card is uh, the NWA women's title match is now for the vacant title as Jazz vacated the title. Uh, Varying degrees of reports. Some say it's uh, a family issue. Some say it's a health issue. And um, so she vacated the title after an over 900-day run. And we are now getting her original opponent, uh allison k versus santana garrett both former impact stars both former uh may young classic competitors and we will be guaranteed a new champion here jeremy
1: probably a better match no offense to jazz but she's kind of getting up there in age and i don't think she was ever like the greatest worker in the world i i like santana garrett i do think she's a she's a good worker and sienna's uh fine as well so it should be it should be a good match um jazz i don't know if it's yeah health or personal either way i hope that things work out for her and she's back they it feels very anticlimactic that she had this like 950 day title reign and then she just like vacates the title the week before the event um You can throw out theories if you want to of like, well, she was going to drop it and she wasn't happy about that. And so she was like, ah, screw it. I'll just vacate it. Um, I don't know Jazz's reputation, what it is nowadays. I know what it used to be. So the timing of it is, is very questionable, I will say, but if it's personal and health issues, I, I hope everything gets straightened out with her and she's able to return and she's able to, you know, get a rematch because I I'm sure Sienna and um, I guess in this case just Sienna because she would have been facing Jazz. I'm sure if Sienna wins or if Santana Garrett wins, like they probably want to beat the champion, beat the girl who had the title for nearly a thousand days. So it's I, I like this match better than I did when it when it was with Jazz. I I feel like Sienna probably ends up winning just because she was originally scheduled for the match, and Santana Garrett is a very late replacement, but yeah, we'll we'll see where they go with it.
0: Yeah, I I will agree. I think it will probably lead to a much better match. I mean, I've seen some Jazz matches over the last year or two, and they aren't bad, but I think Santana Garrett is a much, much, is is an upgrade for sure. And uh, I still, I mean, I don't know what the problem is. I still wonder, like, I look at her and I keep wondering why she isn't signed by impact. I mean, she had a shitty run in TNA cause the booking was horrible, but you know, WWE impact someone is an ROH to try cause their division sucks. I mean, I just don't understand how she's still a free agent, you know, but anyway, uh, you know, everybody else has lost independence gain, uh, should be at least a good match. I would imagine. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Allison K wins the championship. I thought she was gonna win anyway. And like you said, late replacement. I mean they could could flip the script with the late replacement thing, but I, I don't think so. But yeah, probably a good match and probably a better match than what we were gonna get.
1: Yes, yeah, it should be should be good.
0: Next up we stick with another we have a title matches to close out the show. The NWA national championship, champion Willie Mack defending against Cole Cabana. Willie Mack won the title back at NWA 70 and has held the title for over 170 days. He's made some defenses on ROH TV and such, and he's had a really good year between ROH TV and impact TV. And then you got Colt Cabana, former NWA champion of the world. And, uh, you know, so he makes sense as a challenger and Colt stole a lot of fun. He's coming off his uh, new Japan cup run. He looks re-energized and, I think we will have a really good and fun match here. What are you thinking?
1: The piece of snake shit, Cole Cabana, against <laughs> Willie Mack. Um,
0: CM Punk, classic guy. Yeah.
1: I, I like this match. I like Willie Mack. I like Cole Cabana. Uh, as you said, Cabana's coming off a, a nice little New Japan run. He's always this'll be something different and and that's not a not a bad thing because you've got kind of your your serious matches throughout the card and then this match will Play at least early going, we'll play for a little bit of, of comedy. The crowd always gets behind Cole Cabana. Willie Mack is an easy guy to get behind as well. I would imagine Willie Mack retains, but Cabana is a guy who wrestles for every organization and has, you know, good ties with every organization. And DNWA NWA likes that. And they can obviously, um, parade cabana around to, to different promotions have him defend the nwa title or the national title on various promotions much like they do with willie mack and you know willie max also got under tna contract um so maybe that hinders him a little bit more than it would a guy like cole cabana so i could actually see a, a title switch here
0: yeah i think there's a definite possibility because the point you made, you know, Colt still wrestles a lot. I mean, a lot of people looking like, oh, he's just a commentator in ROH these days. But that's mainly what he does just in ROH. And that's fun because Colt's a really good commentator. And it's nice for him to have days off and on at to wrestle all the time. But he still does his tours of Europe. And he still does all kind of shows. And like you said, if the NWA is looking for that little bit of extra exposure, because let's be honest, I mean, they're doing some nice online things. The 10 Pounds of Gold series is really good. This show's a nice step. But if you have Colt as your NWA national champion, he regularly works with it, with ROH, so you have a better chance of getting the occasional TV match with him on there or on the live events that air on Honor Club. He goes to Europe. He can tour around Europe, depending on the title. You're getting it out there. So, yeah, I think there's an, an excellent chance of them switching the title here. You know, plus you have Colt's background in the NWA as a former NWA champion, and you know it's it's not a bad call at all. And uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be a good and fun match. So I, I love Willie Mac and like Colt a lot, and should be good.
1: I'm looking forward to this match honestly, um, because I, I like both guys involved. Again, I think it will be something different and. I think both guys will, will come, to, come to really work, and I think the crowd will eat this, match, eat this match up as well. So I'm excited for this
0: match. Yeah, Willie Mack has so much damn charisma. He's over pretty much everywhere It works. And Colt is one of the few ROH guys that is pretty much over everywhere. Like you saw at Madison Square Garden, he was like the one guy outside of Cheeseburger in the fucking Battle Royal that got any kind of reaction. And they went apeshit when he went in and replaced Yano at first. So, yeah, I mean, it's a uh, it has a lot of possibility. And again, title change would not surprise me at all. And the last match on the show is our main event, the NWA champion Nick Aldis versus his good friend, the villain, Marty Skrull.
1: Another match that I'm excited for. Um, I, I'm a... I really like Marty Squirrel. I think he's one of the more kind of underrated guys in wrestling now. I still think it's criminal that ROH hasn't done more with him, but that's kind of where ROH is at right now. He's he's really he got sort of a bad deal in that all of his buddies left to form his own, pro- their own promotion. And like, he just, because of his contract, he just got stuck in ROH. Um, maybe he's dead friend one on the latest being the elite. Uh It's, I feel bad for Marty's girl because I feel like he has more to offer than what he's showing in ROH. I like this feud. Uh, I know the new 10 pounds comes out probably as we're recording this, that goes really in depth on this feud. I talked to Nick Aldis uh, about a month or so ago, maybe two months ago. Um, and the key told me, and this was before this match was like even announced before people were sort of uh, talking about it. But He told me, like, Marty Skrull is the guy that, like, I want to wrestle. He wanted to do it in the UK. But he he was just like, we have so much history. There's just so much that we can do together against each other. I know all this is going to be really up for this match. Again, I think Skrull is one of the more underrated guys. I'm not, like, super high on Nick Aldis as a worker. I mean, the guy has the look of a professional wrestler, he carries himself like a professional wrestler. He's really made the NWA world heavyweight title mean something again. But bell to bell, he's just, he works sort of the WWE main event style and that's that. And I don't think there's an issue with that, but nowadays in wrestling, people just want more out of their wrestling and all this isn't always the guy who's going to bring that um but i still think this will be a good match i would imagine that all this wins because Skrull is going on to best of super juniors and it'd be a good you know good promotion for the nwa if they have their champion compete in this tournament but then you have your world champion competing against super juniors and losing matches and it just the optics of that probably don't look all of that great and Skrull's not a long-term guy anyway simply because i imagine he's in aew by the end of the year
0: yeah and uh let me pick up that name you dropped there with nick Aldis and, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the feature but...
1: comes out tomorrow at 11 if you're looking at all this is really great i i asked them for 15 minutes and he ended up giving me like 45 he's a very insightful guy like he's very well spoken and he he understands the business very well again i'm not i he's not my first choice is like oh i'm gonna go out of my way to see a nick aldis match but i can't say a bad word about him as far as just his generosity and just the way he carries himself uh so yeah i'll keep name dropping nick aldis there
0: yeah no that he's also actually a hell of a commentator too he's done yeah, really he's good, good, on good on the shows yeah and uh yeah he's he is he, he's a good talker and he's he's done a lot of good promos and the, the uh the 10 pounds of gold stuff when they were building like him and cody he did a lot of a lot of great work in that so yeah um yeah he's not he's not the top of my wow. must-see match list or anything you know but I, I like nick well enough i still think he has a lot of potential. He kind of tries to work that old school NWA formula. My, my issue here is I like Marty a lot too and I agree with Best of the Super Junior coming up. Him winning is highly unlikely. I just hope that... Because like ROH has done this with Marty and then you had All In with the Okada match and stuff. I hope they don't go too long. Because big Marty matches in the US have a bad track record of going too long and to whereas like you see some of the stuff he's done in Japan like you know he had that match with Osprey last year that was like I think 16 or 18 minutes it was fucking excellent and it just it needs to be more tombstone and less wider you know do all the stuff everybody wants to see tell a good story get in get out not every main event and I say this about New Japan too not every fucking main event needs to be over 30 minutes You know, so it just, it doesn't. So, um, but yeah, hopefully this, you got friends working together, you know they're both looking forward to the match, and friends have a great tendency of not only working well together because they're friends, but they also know that they're probably going to kick the shit out of each other a little bit, and, you know, lay it in, make it look real, and hopefully everything goes well, and we get a, I hope we get a really good main event. I think they can tell a good story, and You know, leading in, they're going to tell the story on ten pounds of gold. Hopefully, the match can deliver as well as that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I agree with you on the match going too long because all this isn't a long, long match. Worker and Skrull, his longer matches can can definitely drag and be unnecessary. But it's the main event, so you just figure, oh well, it's going like twenty minutes or so. I hope they're a little bit smarter than that, but I guess, I guess we'll see. That they've got to somehow. I think the the biggest goal for this match is, I think it'll start pretty hot because of just the history between the two men. They they've got to get people to believe in Skrull because. I mean, the writing is pretty much there that Nick Aldous is winning. So if they can get the the fans believing that, hey, Marty Scarl might actually win this match, then they they've accomplished the goal. But yeah, don't go, don't go too long. The the action before all of this will probably be I, I don't know the the card order or anything like that, but there there's enough ebbs and flows of this card to where people should be excited for this main event. And like you're you're the in the NWA. Go two and a half, three hours. I think it's been kind of proven that this is the good length for a pay-per-view event. Um, two and a half, three hours. You don't need to go any longer than that, unless you are like New Japan and you can just turn out a bunch of banger matches, one right after the other. Um, so, I agree. I don't. I don't want this match to overstay its
0: welcome. Yeah, and and hopefully they keep that in mind. Real quick before we move on, I want to remind everybody that you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. We are also on YouTube and the 411 site. Make sure to subscribe, and if you have a chance, share us on social media. And make sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes and help get the, uh, help get the show out to more people. So we're going to move on to Impact Rebellion. It's, um, it's Wednesday as we record. We don't have a full card. But we have the top six matches, and the card looks really strong. I'm not sure what else they'll add at this time, but uh, I think that uh, they've built a good card so far. Jeremy, we start off with Tessa Blanchard versus coming out of retirement, Gail Kim.
1: I'm looking forward to this match. We're both pretty high on Tessa Blanchard, I think. She she is someone you should be building like not just your women's division around, but honestly, like your company around. She is someone who another person who just carries herself like a star, acts like a star, looks like a star, wrestles like a star. Like she has everything you would want. And I guess her attitude issues are fine. Impact doesn't seem to have a problem with them. So I would assume things are good there. And Gail Kim, you know, it's been a while since we've seen her in the ring, but she was definitely one of the the best during her generation. It's one match, I would assume she can get up for this match, especially against someone like Tesla Blanchard. They've built the they've built the storyline really well. Like there's some actual heat to this feud as well. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this match. Honestly, this is probably. Outside of the the Full Metal Mayhem match, this is probably the the match that I'm looking forward to the most on this card.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it has a lot of potential. And, you know, Gail was really good. and She's had some time off. And I think that, like you said, I think she will be up for this match. Tessa's been really great for Impact. Um, You know, again, like you said, you know, there's been the alleged attitude issues in the past. But she's been a strong, consistent performer, and I haven't heard any issues with her in Impact regarding that. So, I mean, hopefully, I think it might just be a growing up thing, and hopefully she's, you know, just grown up and stuff. Uh, you know, I like Gail Kim a lot, but the one thing I have really disliked in the TNA Impact history is there are so many times that when they should be building the division, they went back to Gale way too many times. And I think as long as this is a one-off thing, and I kind of hope it is, I hope it's a one-off thing and Tessa just beats her. Because like you said, you should be building around Tessa and some of the other women, and I I would just have let them have a great match, let Tessa win, and then my idea is if you're building towards Slammiversary, I think you build towards Tessa Blanchard and Jordan Grace.
1: I would be building towards Tessa and, and Grace as well. We will see if they do that. I, I agree with you that they'd like to go back to Gail Kim too often throughout their history. I feel like things are different nowadays. They know that Gail Kim isn't going to be there like as a regular. I mean, she's there, but she's not in the ring as a regular. And they like they don't need to do that give Tessa this big win it looks good on her resume she can you know keep that over Gail Kim and you you build from there Gail Kim winning it accomplishes honestly nothing like it feels like just a, a WWE part-timer winning beating you know someone who is there every week and not only someone who is there every week like someone who you've built as a star you should be building around like it's not just okay the undertaker comes in and and beats bray wyatt they hadn't done much with with bray wyatt even previously to that and I don't know what they're ever gonna do. Well, Bray Wyatt's the Firefly Funhouse guy, and I'm actually intrigued by that. Um, but I, I don't know what they're actually like Bray Wyatt was never a guy like we're gonna build this whole company around. So it, it's different with Tessa Blanchard. She shouldn't be losing this match to Gail Kim. If she loses this match to Gail Kim, it would be many steps backwards for this division in this company.
0: I, I totally agree with that. I, she should not lose. So we will uh, we will stick with the women, the Knockouts Championship match champion Taya Valkyrie versus Jordan Grace. Your thoughts?
1: I would put the belt on Jordan Grace here. I'm not like this huge fan of Taya Valkyrie. Like she's fine. She's not a bad worker by any stretch of the imagination. It's just. I don't know, maybe it's the Johnny Impact Association, because I'm not, like, super high on Johnny Impact either. I I just... I'm just not a fan of, of Taya Valkyrie, even though she's... There's nothing wrong with her. I can't say I... She's a bad worker. I don't even, like, think her character is that bad. There's just something that doesn't connect with me. And so... I haven't really enjoyed this title run or anything. I I have much higher hopes for Jordan Grace. I really like Jordan Grace. She is much more, I guess, relatable and easier to connect with on um, at least on my level. So I, I hope they give Jordan Grace the belt here. I I like what you said that they should be building towards Grace versus Tessa, because that's a a big match to me, and like Taya against. Tessa we've seen a million times so you can't really go back to that well I guess you could do Taya against um Gail Kim if Gail Kim wins and wants to keep wrestling since uh Taya is now a um a heel but that doesn't seem like it's got a whole lot of legs to it so I hope Jordan Grace wins this match
0: yeah I think she should uh, I think yeah I don't think Taya is great by any means but I think she's good, and I think they've done a good job of transferring her from babyface to heel with the stuff with uh, Johnny Impact, and you know it's working, and she'll be a fine heel foil, foil for Jordan Grace, and yeah, uh, I, I just think Jordan has has a lot more upside at this point. And again, I think that you know you look at the Knockouts division right now, and you look at who they have and who's working regularly, and I think that Jordan Grace and Tessa are the ones you build around. For lack of a better phrase, they're kind of your they're your rock in Austin. They're they're your 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 two top people in that division. And you know, again, I'm not calling them the rock and Steve Austin. I'm just making a comparison. But the fact is, that division still needs work to be reinvented. And like, I love Rosemary, but she's coming off injury. She's not. She looks slower, and she's not looking nearly as good. I'm over the Sue Young stuff. Like, Kiera Hogan's a good little baby face and stuff, but, I mean, I think right now you should be building the Jordan, Grace, and Tessa. Set them as the top of your division. Lock them in stone. And then, if you can, add some names underneath and keep building that division without Gail Kim and, you know, solidify it like the way it needs to be. But yeah, I think I think Jordan Grace should win, and I think she will win.
1: I hope so. I, I hope they they move forward with building around Jordan Grace.
0: Next up is the X Division Championship. Rich Swan defending against Sammy Callahan.
1: They've built this feud really well. I I'm not a huge fan of Sammy Callahan. but his character work is is honestly tremendous and he's really whether it was an accident i mean i would assume it was an accident why would you smash a guy in the face with a baseball bat the way he did but they've really gotten a lot of mileage out of that and his you know his feud with uh edwards and pentagon last year were, were really good um so I, I like what Sammy Callahan is sort of transformed into. He does feel very much like an old school, kind of like a, a throwback uh, wrestler who is just kind of a, a wild card who generates like that real hatred from fans and where you're like, oh, you don't know kind of what you're getting out of this guy. Like he's not on, at least for the most part, like he's not on social media Talking like, oh, thanks to the fans for telling me I'm awesome or whatnot. Um, he's Sammy Callahan. So and you know, they they've built this feud well with Rich Swan being from Ohio and them growing up together and then being best friends, and uh Callahan wanting Swan and OVE and Swan turning him down. So I like Swan can go. I Callahan can can raise his level. I think this will be kind of an underrated match by the end of the night. I don't know if you look at Rich Swann and Sammy Callahan, it seems like a styles clash on, on paper, but I think when it's all said and done, you're going to be like, Oh, that was a, that was a, a good match. That was a memorable match. I I would think, honestly, I think Callahan wins. Like, I don't know that he necessarily needs the X division title, but I think it's a good it might be good for him to have just from a a character standpoint, like Swan is nice and everything, but I I think it adds more to the Sammy Callahan character. Maybe he can just kind of Naito the title and be like, yeah, whatever this belt is cool, but we're not in the business of winning belts. We're in the business of just beating the shit out of people. So he has it, but he's not like super into it or anything.
0: Yeah. It should definitely be a good match. And, uh, I agree. I think Sammy takes the title here and cause it plays well into the storyline that he, you know, he took, he's trying to ruin everything for Rich Swan. He's beating the shit out of his friends. He brought in a new monster to help him out. And then if he takes his title, it's like, yeah, fuck you. I was right. So uh, yeah, I can definitely see Sammy winning and I, I kind of think he needs to because Ove has been really good overall and consistent for the company but it feels like they've had a lot of failures for a long time now, and I think that maybe Sammy with the exhibition title can give them a little bit of a boost and maybe turn things around. You got the Heater and Madman Fulton with them, and then you got the little minions and the Chris who can maybe go back into the tag ranks and everything. So I mean, we'll see what happens. But I would go with Sammy winning here as well, and probably should be at least a very good match and. You know, depending on how uh, how amped up they are and everything, it could be even great because both guys have delivered well on pay per view for the company.
1: Agreed, uh, I like I like this match. I like this build, and again, yeah, I think by the end of the night, you're going to be like that. Rich Swan, Sammy Callahan match was was
0: fantastic, and a match I know we're both greatly looking forward to. Full metal mayhem, the tag team champions, the Lucha Brothers defending against LAX.
1: I'm excited for this one. Um, I we think we both like all four of these guys. They've done a really good job just continuing this feud. They've had some great matches on television in the past. Uh, I can't I can't imagine this match sucking, like all of these guys are gonna work their asses off. It's you give them this kind of the smoke and mirrors to go on top of it with all of the weapons. Um and I can't I, I can't see this being a bad match. I I think LAX I mean I think uh the, the Lucha brothers retain here they keep the titles but I, I'm just looking forward to seeing what these four guys come up with in this match. Because I think it's going to be great.
0: Yeah, I am greatly looking forward to this. I mean, they've had great regular matches. And now you're giving them carte blanche to use whatever the fuck they want. Uh, Pentagon and Phoenix as shown in Lucha Underground like to get nuts. They will fucking, they will bleed if they have to. They will let dudes rip their masks open. And they will just bust ass. LAX is, I mean, both teams have honestly just had great runs the entire time they've been in the company. A lot of great matches, a lot of great performances. And uh, the feud has been built really well since just before January. And it's it's gone on really well. And it it's, you know, you're culminating a story here in a big stipulation match with high stakes in the titles on the line. Simple pro wrestling storytelling. We appreciate that. And it's all it, it's all kind of gone according to plan. I think it's worked out really, really well. I don't see the feud ending here, but I do see LAX taking the titles back. And they will probably continue issues, and I would imagine rematch at Slammiversary probably. But I think we'll see another title change here.
1: So you think they're going back to LAX here? I think they will. Okay. I mean, I, I can see it. Like LAX seem to be, you know, Pentagon and, and Phoenix are definitely going all around the world and they could end up in AEW as as full-time guys by the end of the years, while LAX are pretty much staying in impact, at least for the foreseeable future. So uh, I, could, I could see LAX taking the titles here and you keep building the division around them. It just feels like Pentagon and Phoenix haven't had quite the run that they deserve with the belts so that's why i think they retain and maybe lose them maybe lose them down the line at slammiversary to to someone else someone else lax doesn't necessarily like need the belts in my estimation like you can always go to lax whereas uh pentagon and phoenix I, i think they just need more of a little bit of run but we'll see i but the this match should be should be great
0: Yeah, and I think you can go either way, and it wouldn't really disappoint a lot of people because this match will probably be the best thing on the show. Um, So that takes us to the main event, champion Johnny Impact defending against Cage with Lance Storm as the special referee.
1: I don't care about this match. I I hate to say it because it's the main event, and it I don't even think they've done like a bad job building this up. It's been the Johnny Impact heel turn. He's better as a heel. I think he's been really good in this role. Uh, the whole referee thing is whatever to me uh, with the Johnny Bravo screwing over Brian Cage. I crooked refs are they work if you don't overdo them and i'm not saying impact has overdone it at least not lately but this one just hasn't like fully connected with me lance storm coming in i I don't i don't care like it makes sense for the storyline it's in the shows in canada so sure bring in lance storm but we have talked about it in the past like brian cage in impact just i'm not really a fan of him he he hasn't done anything for me in impact like he feels like he feels like white moose and that's not a compliment it's just a guy who has the look who should be better his charisma is there he looks like a guy who should carry the company he can go in the ring like he's got really great athleticism especially for a guy his size And yet for some reason, like the the full package doesn't work completely. And like their last match wasn't that good. It had the the sloppy finish. Um, I just, I'm not up for this match. I I hope they surprise and they deliver, but I, my expectations aren't, aren't high for it.
0: Fair enough. And I know you're not the only one. I know there's a lot of people that are kind of down on, kind of down on them as performers right now and feel they haven't had great outings together. And I, I mean, I feel they really need to have one here. And to me, this match is like, it's a real catch 22 for me because I think right now they're just kind of scratching the surface with Johnny impact as the heel champion. Cause he's been really good. But at the same time, if cage loses again, he kind of feels like Lex Luger in the WWF and never winning the title, and that's like the last thing you want him to feel like. So it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully they don't overbook it. I fear, I fear that you know Johnny Impact has the the crooked ref that's hanging out with him now, and then you're bringing in the special ref. It just feels like the finish is going to be overbooked. I hope it's not. I just hope that they can deliver a great match, and honestly again, I could see a title change here because I think they're going to be there're to worry about ruining Cage as a you know a top guy going forward if he loses again, even if he gets screwed, you're, it's still going to be the stigma that he failed again. So I mean, I can honestly see all the titles changing on the show, and um yeah, I just I think they need a great match here
1: that's the other thing as far as the booking goes i'm with you that johnny impact's heel turn has been the good for him and his his character and like he's done he's done well with it and he kind of needs the title uh to to keep it going but you've put a lot into brian cage he's already failed once if he fails again where does that leave him like it and you, you can say you know lex luger but you look through kind of impact history and dating back to to monty brown like they they failed to pull the trigger on that guy even in more recent history like moose seemed like he was just destined to to be the champion like they brought in the the fucking football guy at at the show for him and like they kept the belt on Austin Aries and then Moose turned heel and now he's feuding with the rascals. And he's really like that guy's cold as ice right now compared to where he was this time last year, gearing up for uh, a big title match. And it feels like the same thing with Brian cage is if he doesn't win here, where does he go from here? Um, it, it makes me believe Brian Cage is going to win because I think they've sort of learned from that and, and Johnny Impact, but it also just feels like a, a disservice to Johnny Impact because he's been good with this heel turn and just like, all right, now we're taking the title off of him. So they, I don't want to say they booked themselves into a corner because. They're doing well with the Johnny Impact character. And if you go with Brian Cage, he's he's a guy who can potentially carry things for you, even though I'm not really high on his on his work overall. Uh, but they've really gotta play this smartly because if they, if they do overbook it, if they do too much shenanigans, and if you know, Brian Cage's title win is devalued, then he doesn't look as good coming off of it, and Johnny Impact, he, I don't know what that. Is. It probably won't hurt him too much, but you also want to make Brian Cage look strong and, and build around him. And then if Brian Cage loses, then you know what's next for this guy. It it certainly helps the the Johnny Impact character, but you've almost killed brian cage if, if he loses this match so how they end up booking the the finish of this match is going to be uh pretty telling for the company moving forward
0: yeah and I, so that, again they have to be very careful and the other thing too is like if if johnny impact loses, you have to remember he does hold an next division title shot from uh united we stand so it's not like they won't have anything to do with him so, uh, yeah, I think there's definitely a good chance of the title change here, and I kind of think they need to, and, um, I wouldn't like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if all the titles change hands, and kind of they not so much a reboot but kind of like just clean slate things a little bit and you know moving into the summer and everything. I don't think it's the worst idea; they've been pretty stable with a lot of the booking the booking, like for this show, again, for the matches we have confirmed as of today. The Booking and layout and everything getting to the matches have all been strong. They've all made sense. they've been built over weeks, and you know that's good, but you know it might be time to shuffle the deck a little bit and you know get some new champions going and build to some new things in the summer
1: yeah we'll we'll see where they end up going with uh Again, they they've got to book this main event smartly because I'm not saying like the whole company rides on it, but you screw this up and you could kill one of your guys who like everyone had high hopes for when he signed with the company.
0: Yeah, they definitely have to be careful. So before we move on, I want to remind everybody, you can listen to the 411 wrestling uh 411 on wrestling podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Google Play, YouTube, and the 411 site. Please make sure to subscribe and go ahead and share it around with others. Leave a five-star review and we would appreciate it. And we will close out our talk today, Jeremy, discussing the next kind of big New Japan show which takes place early Monday morning. And it's going to be the Hino Kuni event. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong and someone will bitch at me later, but I do what I can. And uh, we start off with... uh, Trio's action, a mixture of young lines and established names, as uh, Ren Narita, Shota Umana, and uh Tamiaki Hanma face off with Yuya Yermi uh Uamura, Yota Yotasuji and hanar
1: Uh the, the dads, I'm sure, will will win. I guess it's not even quite the dads, um, but I would imagine that the one of the young lines takes a loss.
0: Yeah, I w- I, I figure Narita Umino and Hanma win. Because they are the senior lions, and Hanma is technically higher on the pecking order than Hanari. Yeah. So, but uh, they they've had some. Uh, the lions have had some good matches here on the Road to Tour, showing a lot of fire. And uh, Suji and Yuramora are slowly getting more comfortable and starting to show a lot of fire uh, after like they've had a lot of matches with each other, and they just. They were having fine matches, and all the all the technique and everything is good. But they just didn't have that confidence and fire that, like, Narita and Umino have. And they're finally starting to show that, so we'll see what happens. Probably a solid-to-good opener. And then we're going to stick with the big multi-man tags. We go with Taguchi, Tiger Mask, Jushin Liger, Jeff Cobb, and Yoshihashi versus Minoru Suzuki, Taka, Taichi, Desperado, and K... Ke- uh, Kitomaru. And the big story here is the continuation of everything they've done on the road two tour. Uh, they are building to a Jushin Liger versus Minoru Suzuki match, citing their Pancrase match from like 20 years ago as the, uh, the big thing. And Suzuki basically the story is Suzuki wants Liger to retire. Now doesn't want him to hang around. He's basically calling him a bitch and Liger thinks that Suzuki's a bitch because he uses chairs and legal tactics all the time, and they've had some really great interactions so far.
1: I'm all for Liger against Suzuki. I think that's a a good... It's not the final feud of, of Liger's career, but that's a really fun feud for Liger to do this late in his career. Uh, so that's what they're building towards. And it definitely looks like it based on today's show and, and the upcoming cards Like, great. Give, give me Suzuki against Liger.
0: Hell yeah, dude. Uh, I love, I love the old man dad fights because again, these are two guys that have been in wrestling for over 30 years. They know what they can do. They know when to do it. And more importantly, at times they know their limitations. You know, Liger, like, as much as I wanted to see it versus Ishimori, and I probably would have shit my pants, like, he went up top one time in that match. And I was like, if this motherfucker pulls out a shooting star press, I'm going to lose it. But, like, you know, Liger can't do that anymore, which is fine. Because Liger can still have great matches. Suzuki still has great matches. And it's just like, I'm sorry, I mark out when they're beating the shit out of each other, and the, the opponent starts laying into Suzuki. And that evil motherfucker just smiles at me. It is like the most terrifying thing in the world. But uh, yeah, I'm all for that feud. And this is also a little setup for uh, Jeff Cobb and Tachi <laughs> on the third at uh, night one of Dantaku. And um, suzuki gun has pretty much been running the table. And I would not be surprised if they picked up another win here.
1: Yeah, Suzuki Gun seems to be picking up all the victories on the show. So, sure, they can win.
0: Yeah, I, I'd imagine Tai Chi will submit, like, uh, either Taguchi or Hashi to keep his momentum going while Suzuki and Al Liger beat the ever living shit out of each other on the floor for a long time. But it will be great. So, regular tag team action we have Will Ospreay and Dragon Lee facing off with. Taiji
1: Ishimori, and Hikaleo. Um, Osprey probably picks up the win here. The Osprey and Ishimori interactions should be really, really fun because it's Will Osprey and Taiji Ishimori.
0: Yeah, the the three juniors involved here, you know, technically juniors are great. Osprey, Lee, and Ishimori, and they're going to do the bulk of the match, and Hickler is fine. He's coming along well. He's kind of getting out of that puppy with too big a pause stage, you know, to where he like had a lot of footwork and coordination issues, but he's he's slowly getting better and his knee injury didn't help. But uh, the good news is, you know, if you limit him to some signature power spots, tossing the little guys around a little bit and then let the other three do the bulk of the work, it'll probably be fine. And uh, yeah, I would imagine Osprey and Lee win with uh, obviously Hikaleo taking the loss. Because that's what he's here for. Yeah. (laughs) So we move on. uh, Multi-man tag team action. Show Yo, Kota Obushi, Big Tom Ishii, and Okada versus Shingo, Bushi, Evil, Sonata, and Naito. And if you've not been watching the Road 2 tours, and I know not everybody watches all the shows, but basically... All the versions of the LIJ versus Chaos tag matches, and now that are including Kota Ibushi, have been really good. Everything's been very good to great. And again, you're building to Evil and Ishii and Okada versus Sonata, and this will take place after the junior tag title match between Roppongi 3K and Shingo Ibushi. And so yeah, you got a lot going on here, and you're also building to Naito and Ibushi. So, there's a lot of feuds going on and continuing, or you know, getting set up here. And again, I'd be shocked if this wasn't another high quality match because they've all been really good on the tour so far.
1: I would assume that Lij wins because I feel like they've won every match on this tour. So, maybe, maybe they go with something different. But yeah, this is more about sort of match quality and keeping some some interactions and some some feuds alive
0: yeah and that's the good thing about like the road two shows like first couple shows were really average and it's been a lot of variations on the same matches but the last couple shows really picked up well and we've had some really good wrestling but they most importantly the goal of the road two shows are to build to these bigger shows and the big matches coming up and they've done a really really good job doing that so so we'll move on to, we got some singles action coming up here. Mikey Nichols versus bad luck. Falle.
1: No, <laughs> I, Mikey Nichols hasn't impressed me all that much in his new Japan run. Um, and I mean, Falle is kind of who he is. I keep it short. I, I don't, I don't, I don't care who wins. I, I want this thing to go like two minutes and then whoever wins wins.
0: Yeah. Nichols has been fine. Uh, I keep kind of waiting for him to have a breakout performance and it hasn't happened yet. And highly doubt it's going to happen against bad luck ballet. And yeah. the, other thing, <laughs> the other thing is, is like ballet just lost the U S title match and they love him. Every year we see the bad luck ballet annual push towards the title he picks up a win in the G1 over someone he really shouldn't be beating. And, you know, Nichols just beat Chase Owens, which is nice, but I would expect Luck Lef- Valley to win here. And, uh, you know, I guess, quote unquote, start heating him up for the big G1. Can't wait. <laughs> I know. It's like, whoa. It's like, yeah, it's like, I like Mikey Nichols and all, but like, I don't know, dude. It's just, again, he's not been bad. It's just, he's a guy. And, you know, at least he's not bad. So I'll give him that. Um, Non-title match up next. The U.S. champion Juice Robinson facing Chase Owens yet again. I'm not a fan of them going back to the match. Basically, the gimmick is Chase challenged him again. And it's a non-title match. So if he wins, he can get a title shot but uh i've been really disappointed with juice's us title run it just he feels like such a guy not an important guy at all and i i think the matches with owens have been good but overbooked and hopefully juice kind of i would be fine with him making quick work of chase owens moving on and hopefully a new challenger stepping up
1: you almost forget that juice is the united states champion i feel like he loses more than he wins um i mean i know he beat fale and chase owens in his last couple of title defenses but it just just feels like this guy loses a lot for being a champion and new japan usually does a, a better job of protecting their champions but i don't i don't think they they truly really care about this United States title and no offense to, to juice Robinson, but he's not a guy that's really elevating it to a new level or anything right now. I, I don't have much interest in this match just because we've seen it a million times and I, and I like juice and I think chase Owens is, is fine. But like, if you're just going to have chase Owens, win to set up another title match, it's just like, what's the point if juice wins and that's the end of it. Great. But it should have been the end of it when he beat him the first time.
0: Yeah, it really should be. Hopefully, they have somebody ready to step up as the next challenger after this, move on to something actually interesting, maybe. I mean, that would be nice. So, uh, we will go to the co main event, which is for the IWGP tag team titles, champions, the Gorillas of Destiny, defending against. The reunited most violent players, Tori Yano and Togi Makabe. And essentially, they, they got the title shot because Yano is the sublime master thief, stole the championships at Madison Square Garden. And that has been a trend on the whole road to tour. And the funniest thing about that is, Yano keeps stealing the IW, da, da, ah, IWGP titles and usually leaves the ROH titles behind. Which, for some reason, just makes me laugh every time.
1: And indeed, ROH titles don't matter. <laughs> I like that they're they're just treating them like, eh, fuck these belts. Um, I the the match probably won't be all that good because none of these guys are like great workers. Uh, but I I like everyone and and their characters in this match so i think from a sort of a storytelling and and character standpoint it'll it'll be good like the the crowd always likes yano uh i think tamatanga is one of the more just underrated characters in wrestling right now like this guy the the good guy stuff was great like the the good bad guy stuff and now like the whole belt collector stuff like I think he's really good at doing that. He can't really go in the ring. And I know people get mad at sort of the the bullet club stuff just overall, especially like during the G1 last year. But I I like Temetonga from a from a character and really just the gorillas of destiny, uh from their work from, from that aspect. So I don't have high hopes that this is gonna be like some really good match, but I think it'll be it'll be an entertaining match.
0: Yeah, Tamatonga is a really good character. He just he does a lot of little things really well that just adds to a lot of things. I just I there's times where I sit there and I'm like I just wish that would translate better to his ring work sometimes because yeah, guys in good shape has a good look, and I just think that if he could put it all together, it just hasn't happened yet though. But I mean, yeah, and yeah, like you said, everybody loves Yano. Uh, they always pop for Makabe's big comebacks. Which he'll probably have to do because I imagine they're gonna isolate Yano a lot. I wouldn't rule out the title change because this is like they're, they've been hyping really hard on the Road to show that it's been 10 years since the most violent players held the tag titles, and I could see them going ahead and pulling the switch here, making the titles change hands, and then you know feud for a little bit, and then you know rematch them at the best of Super Junior Finals. You could switch them back if you really want to. But yeah, wouldn't be surprised to see a title change here.
1: Yeah, you can do it. The The tag team division honestly sucks in New Japan. Uh, yeah, it's not it, well booked either. Yeah, it, it's a lot of Gorilla's Destiny and uh, um, Sonata and, and Evil. Um, and that's like it. Like they really don't have any tag teams beyond that. So uh, if you if you do um Yano and, and Makabe, like at least it's something different and new. So I, I'm fine if, if they win the titles here. They they've really gotta figure out something with with this tag team division, though. It's it's really an afterthought in the company.
0: Yeah, you know, someone tried to argue with me that uh the best friend signing with AEW wasn't going to hurt new Japan at all. But like you just said, there just aren't a lot of active heavyweight tag teams. And I mean, you know, Trent and Chucky T when they were in had a lot of good and fun matches. And now you lost that. So that's just, again, it's, it's not like it's going to cripple new Japan to its knees, but I mean, it, it hurt the division and that's, that's not good, but yeah, that's, that's the one thing with New Japan that always bothers me is the um the overall lack of dedication and care to both tag divisions. It it's just it ha like the junior straps t- trade a lot. And then like you said, right now it's basically the Gorillas of Destiny, LIJ, and now the reunited most most violent players. And it's like who else? That's it. So I mean, yeah, it's um yeah, I wouldn't roll out the title change. I think we will see it. But yeah, either way, it'll the tag division isn't going to change all that much. So we move on to the main event, which will be Hiroki Goto versus former IWGP champion Jay White. This
1: feels like a rehab match for Jay White. You've got to kind of heat him up again after losing to Okada. Goto's a guy who has the the name, obviously, the history, but is also a guy who just never wins these these big matches. Um, so I think the match will be good because I, I like Jay White. I think he's – I don't know if he's underrated anymore. I feel like people have started to come around and realize, hey, this guy's pretty good in the ring. And, and Goto can, can always go when he wants to, and I imagine – he he will step up in this match, but I'd be fairly surprised if if Jay White loses. He should get, he should get back on track with with this singles victory, unless they're telling just a completely different story of I don't know. I don't know what the story would be if Jay White loses, and then maybe his his plan is you know crumbling before him but it it feels too early to tell that story because i don't think like his run with the belt wasn't long enough to be like oh jay white was the king of everything Like, like the okada story they told last year made sense of all right this guy had the belt forever he lost it and then he was uh broken okada and like i don't think Oak White's run really is conducive to tell a similar story of he loses the belt and now he can't find himself. So I would imagine Jay White wins and and gets back on track.
0: Yeah, I I have the same exact feelings. Feels like the beginning of a rehab tour for Jay White and um, because, I mean, they're going to want to make sure he has some heat going into the G1. And uh, and in GoTo's defense, he doesn't usually lose all the big matches, just the IWGP title matches. In which he's 0-8 in. So, I mean, you know, he's had success with uh, some of the other secondary titles. But, yeah, it's just uh, the the damn IWGP title, just the, the big dog chokes going into those matches. <laughs> so, uh, you know, what are you going to do? But, yeah, Goto, like I said, has a name. People are into him. Dude rarely disappoints in terms of having good to great matches. And I think that, you know, they've had some really, really good interactions on the tour and they've showed a lot of of chemistry in um, transitioning and countering out of signature stuff, which, if done right, should really build to a hot home stretch in this match. But, yeah, I would be shocked if Jay White lost. I think Goto's here to make sure he has a high-quality match and to get him back on track, and that's not a bad thing.
1: No, uh, they're obviously high on Jay White, they I mean they put they put the title on him. They had him beat Tanahashi. They had him main event uh Madison Square Garden. So they're high on him. He's young. He's the future of the company. Uh it it's too early for him to just kind of go on sort of a losing streak after losing to Okada. So yeah, this is a this is a rehab win
0: for him, I would imagine. Yep. And that will wrap up that preview. So we have it's a full weekend of wrestling, Jeremy. There's a a lot of different stuff for people to watch. You got the Crockett Cup, you got the Impact Pay Per View, which again we don't have the full card, but the six matches announced have been built to very well, and it looks really good. And then you got the latest New Japan event on Monday, so you can make a full weekend of it, kids, and uh, have a good time watching the wrestling. And uh, I will I will
1: be at the Crockett Cup on right. Saturday. And if you didn't, you know, if you had a leg, Larry, yeah, I know, (laughs) you would be there right beside me. Um, Are you going to hang out with your boy Nick Aldis? I'm going to hang out with Nick Aldis. I would, I would imagine. Um, He probably will not know who I actually am since we did one interview and it was a couple of months ago, and it's not like it was a video chat, Uh, but. I'm sure I'll see him. I will see everybody else. I'm hoping to get some interviews and from the, from the show and name drop some more people next week when we review the show, but it should be a good time. There's a lot of different people in town for the event, you know, seeing, seeing the rock and roll express wrestle live. Not that I was a big wrestling fan during their peak or anything. I was barely born during their peak. So, but having the opportunity to see them wrestle live is a is a pretty cool thing honestly you know how many people can say they saw them wrestle throughout uh in their in their lifetime especially when someone who like me was born in 1988 so it, it'll be cool to to see them and to see what the nwa presents like they're, this is a big show for them and it feels like all their shows are kind of bigger events because they they just don't run a whole lot and i mean they they're hyping this is like we want to take you a blast from the past and all this stuff there's going to be a lot of legends there and whatnot so it's a big show for the nwa and it'll it'll be cool to to be there and to hang out with uh some of these guys and just just take in the show
0: yeah i I hope it goes off really well for them because they need a little bit of buzz and they need they need something to come off well and I mean, the show looks pretty good on paper. I mean, it doesn't look like it's a show of bangers or anything. But, I mean, I think there's some potential for a good show there. And I think the Impact Rebellion show, again, looks really good. And I really hope that they knock it out of the park because the transition to this new TV deal and everything, it just feels like nobody talks about that damn company. And there's a lot of good people in the company and their pay-per-views. You know, minus United We Stand, which wasn't a traditional pay-per-view, it's just not eye pay-per-view. But their regular pay-per-views have had a good track record of delivering. And I hope that they do it again because there's a lot of potential on that card. And then the New Japan show, it's a it's not a major show like the Don show shows coming up, but it's a it's a bigger show. It's bigger than the road two shows. And you know, they're gonna continue the build and fall out from other matches and hopefully that will come off well and uh yeah, so it's again, it's a full weekend. It's a lot of variety. I think there's a little something for everybody, and uh, yeah, we'll be covering the shows on the site, and then Jeremy and I will be back to talk about the shows next week, we'll break them all down. and Hopefully, it is a glorious weekend of wrestling.
1: It should be a good weekend. I'm, I'm sort of burnt out, but we per, we move on. We persevere.
0: That's right. Well, Jeremy, thank you for joining me as always. I appreciate it. It was a good time to talk to wrestling. And uh, we will, like I said, we'll be back next week and we will break all these shows down. Thank you guys for listening. Remember, you can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube. Make sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share it around social media if you have the chance. Happy wrestling and have a good week.